Hi there, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have a special episode. We are talking with world-renowned author Karen Slaughter. She has a new book coming out, Girl Forgotten. It actually comes out today. It was a fun ride. Lots of giggling and laughing. Great content. Hope you can stick around. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. Hello, Karen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Do we need to turn on our camera or does it feel weird to just talk to disembodied voices? Um, You know, you can turn it on if you like, or I can turn mine off if you don't want to look at my face, whatever. I, it just feels a little easier to see someone. Like if uh, you're doing something weird, I won't know. Oh, hello. <laughs> so here's a fun fact. Uh, we thought it was audio only, so we're definitely wearing sweatpants today and zero makeup. Oh, oh I'm in shorts. Perfect. Like uh, pajama shorts. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only have on makeup because I just did one that was recorded. So uh, don't worry about me. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're panicking a little bit because we're huge fans of yours. Oh, yeah. oh thank you. Yeah. So thank you for coming on with us. Um, we have a little regionally successful podcast that is mostly based on Oklahoma. Um, but tons of our listeners love you and love reading mystery fiction. So we thought it would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Here for, yes. That's awesome. So thank you for coming on. But um, have you ever been to Oklahoma at all? Oh yeah. I've been to every state except Alaska. Really? Really weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time. Well, they used to send you out like on 30 day tours. (laughs) And now it's like five days. So, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm that old. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So we have a question for you. Okay. If you were forced to put together a bad bitch girl gang mm-hmm. <laughs> of lady authors. Yeah. Who would be in your girl gang? Well, I'm kind of in one now. So... Alifair Burke, Lisa Unger, Sarah Bladel, um, sometimes Lisa Gardner when she's not too busy. I love that. She's great because she'll cut you. And occasionally, <laughs> um, occasionally Kathy writes, um, but I've never forgiven Kathy because many years ago we were all at dinner and the dessert menu came and we were all going like, oh, I couldn't possibly. And she's like, okay. And she stood up. We're like, bitch, we're just making dessert noises. You're, of course we're going to have dessert. <laughs> um, so that is the only reason she's not a standing member of the gang. <laughs> so what does your current gang do? Do you guys like get together and fight other people? Do you set <laughs> fire to the patriarchy? What are you doing? Well, um, I don't want to take credit, but there's a reason Lee Child um, retired. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> You know, mostly we just uh, we go to dinners and things, you know, around like Thriller Fest. Um, Kate White is also a great friend. Um, it, But we used to get together a lot more because um, now there's like a pandemic. I don't know if you have it there in Oklahoma. Um, uh, according to most people in Oklahoma, the pandemic either uh, never okay. happened or is currently yeah. not happening still. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, we've got a little of that here in Georgia. I'm, I'm like five miles from the CDC. So not in Atlanta so much. We're like really feeling it. Um, 800 people a day, still dying a million people so far. Um, but, uh, you know, we, mostly we just have, uh, we have dinners together and, uh, complain about our feet hurting or our suitcase is getting lost. Uh, when we're touring or things like that, we it's not the Algonquin Algonquin Roundtable. I'll tell you that uh, it's mostly just complaining and laughing at how um, we got ourselves into really stupid predicaments. That's awesome. I love all of that. I do too. I I want to be in that girl gang desperately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, desperately. you got to jump in by killing another author. I should have mentioned that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I just can't. I. Mm. I'm actually surprisingly fine with that. <laughs> you have a list of like, did it immediately come to mind? Uh, I mean, there are some people that have written some things that I would be homicidal over, but mm-hmm. it's that okay. threat of prison that's yeah. not okay with me. See, that, that what that's what makes you not a criminal because most criminals don't ever think they're going to get caught. Yeah, so, that's uh, yeah, you passed the test. <laughs> That's fair. So here's another question for you randomly. You say that you're not a very disciplined writer, but yes. you release a novel on average every year. Yes, I do. Well, what I mean is, um, you know, like a lot of writers will write four hours a day. Yeah, I saw like Laura Lippman was saying, oh, you know, I write four hours a day and then I do my yoga and then I like eat healthy. And I'm like, who can do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I as I got older, I remember one time I reached out to Charlene Harris because she's been doing this forever and she's such a sweet lady and such a good resource. And I'm like, you know, did you just get to the point where you couldn't hold everything in your head for 12 hours a day like you used to and she's like I only write three hours a day what are you talking about (laughs) so that just tells me I'm doing it the wrong way I'm sort of like the kid who um studies like the la the the day before the test Mm -hmm. yeah so you know I'm working 12 sometimes 18 hour days uh wrecking my body uh, throwing myself into it. And a, a while ago, somebody said to me, well, it must be like just how you do it. it so you know, maybe don't stop doing it. Because uh, every year I'm like, I'm going to be better about this. I'm going to, you know, d- just do a, a, a few a day. And I just can't. I'm, I'm more of a, I guess, a binge writer uh, than I, I, I give myself credit for. But yeah, there's a lot of laziness involved. Because like right now, I've had like, two hours between interviews and I just took a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Are you taking naps because you're a natural introvert and you need space away from people? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Very well said. Yes. Yeah. I am. I used to feel bad when I traveled because I'd be like in Finland or Australia or wherever touring with my books and people would say, Oh, did you, did you go see the, Great Barrier Reef, did you do this? And I'm like, I did not leave my hotel room and I got room service because I am just so tired from, you know, being out there. So I'm incredibly introverted, um, which is not to be confused with shyness. Um, it's more um, deeply, darkly psychological. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know. We, we know this very, um, very much yeah. introverts. Yeah. Very much. Definitely. Yeah. There's so, the reason you do podcasts and not, um, you know, conferences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you put me on a stage in front of people, I'm a no. <laughs> I'm a no on all of that. But I'll run my mouth for three hours on a microphone. I don't care if no yeah. one's watching me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. So have you ever written anything and like gotten into the process and then just been like, oh, fuck this. This is not, not it. Well, I am like in my everyday life, a fuck this kind of person. Um, (laughs) But in my writing life, no. Because the thing is, I spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm going to write before I write it. And so, you know, the, the fuck this parts are like when something's not working out or, you know, you want to rewrite or it's a draft or whatever. And I'm not really a drafter. I'm more like, you know, I've thought this through. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to sit down and start writing it now. So I'm very certain of myself when I, when I actually put the words on the page. Um, and, you know, everybody has a different process. I remember years ago, um, so this is going to sound like um, that name dropping girl from The Good Place. I can't remember which character that is. But I was talking to Catherine Stockett and she had just done this event with Gillian Flynn, um, who was a, a friend of mine from way back. And she said, oh, and Kitty's like Kitty's a, um, a, a quote unquote literary writer. So she's all about navel gazing and process. And she's like, oh, it was so brave of Gillian because she started a book and said it just wasn't working out. And so she was going to write a new one instead. And I like, I was like, okay. And I emailed Gilly and I'm like, what the fuck, man? You know, you, you spent all this time. And that, and the book she did, like the book she abandoned, right. That disappeared. The one she wrote was gone girl. So that just tells you, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got their different process for sure. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm just like so in awe of the fact that you put out a book every year and yeah. I can't even think about how you get to some of the storylines that you get to because they are absolutely horrifying. <laughs> absolutely horrifying and we describe it to people that we know, like Shy has to take a break when she's reading mm-hmm. a Karen Slaughter book, mm-hmm. or else mm-hmm. she will have full nightmares and a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like you can smell the gunpowder, you can feel the blood on your face. It's just so detailed. Like, how do you just think of every piece of nightmare fuel there is and write it down and roll with it? Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm part of the the story, if that makes sense. Like, I see it from every character's angle. I guess that's why people say my writing is filmic, because there's a visual quality to it. But mm-hmm. I think part of it is just because I'm Southern, you know? And I don't know if you guys are calling yourself Southern or not, but you're not. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> we don't. We can um, we get crucified by people in Oklahoma if we call Oklahoma the South or the Midwest. There is a very, it's a very hotly debated topic. Yeah, it's just Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I I just feel like part of my Southern roots are that descriptive way of writing. And atmosphere and setting are always characters in the book to me. 
Okay. That's awesome. I we're, I mean, like I said, shy house, shy house nightmares, full <laughs> nightmares. You're welcome. Yeah. She texted me when she was reading the good daughter. Cause mm-hmm. I, I told her like, you have to read this book. It's everything. Right. And she texted me and she was like, I had to take seven breaks. I needed <laughs> mental health assistance. I had to take. I'm going to, I'm going to take a good give me a few days, Shan. I'll jump back. Right here. Walk it off. Walk it off. Yeah. 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 And we, yeah, can, you like, know, different books have different like um, areas of suspense from which they're drawn. And the good daughter was very emotional, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of what was happening came from a very emotional place. And then you have something like the silent wife, which is very plot driven. I mm-hmm. mean, not the emotional elements, not there, but I think those are, uh, even though the silent wife is in, on like the scale of, Oh my God, right. Really horrible. What's happening. I think in many ways, The Good Daughter is a harder read because of the emotional component. Yeah, absolutely. That was, yep. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. 100%. 100%. So you are now not just a best-selling author. You're also a professional executive producer. (laughs) I don't know if I'm professional or anything. Yeah, I was an executive producer on Pieces of Her. I'm one on the Will Trent series that's coming to ABC. Uh, hopefully that'll uh, start showing in January. They're going to start the filming in the fall um, here in, in Georgia, which is a smart time to be filming. Uh, the pilot was in the summer. I think they all were sweating to death. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I, it means I get a vote, but there are other executive producers, so I can easily be outvoted. Uh, but I will say that uh, Bruno Papandrea, who is basically in charge of Made Up Stories, which is the production company, they really listen to me. They love stories about women by women. They've done some amazing shows. Um, Cecilia Ahern's Roar was recently adapted for Apple. It's fantastic. She's a fantastic writer. Um, They did Big Little Lies, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. I mean, they've done so many really cool things. The Nightingale, a movie, um, which is a really, uh, uh, you might want to like watch that in pieces as well because it's kind of intense. So they really understand how to adapt women's stories and they listen to us. So I think that's a great thing. Yeah, that is. Since Pieces of Her was such a huge hit on Netflix, do you foresee Girl Forgotten following in that track since Girl Forgotten is also, you know, kind of Andy's story? Or I would love to see it. You know, Bella Heathcote, who played Andy in Pieces of Her, it was so great. Um, and Pieces of Her is sort of like the evolution of Andy from being... Uh, and uh, kind of on the cusp of being an adult to being a full on adult mm-hmm. and girl forgotten is her getting her adult shoes on and, you know, being a badass and that sort of thing. So I'd love to see it, but I, I, who knows what Netflix is going to do. They right after the, the series showed and did so well, they had like a bloodbath there uh, with their stocks. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know. I'll be the, I'll be the last person to know. How's that? That hey, I I love following your social media most of all because I get updates on when your books are coming out. 
I get updates on what cats are doing yes. randomly. <laughs> and I also get uh, updates on anything that's optioned for your books. And mm-hmm. as far as the Will Trent series goes, how many episodes has ABC optioned? Well, so the, I think they're going to do 12 or 13 because it's a mid-season replacement. Um and if it does well, they might be do uh, more the next time. So people got to watch it. So up to you, people. All of my listeners in Oklahoma, our readers in Oklahoma. We're, I mean, you have a huge following in Oklahoma. I belong to several um, mystery thriller book uh, groups on social media. And there are tons of people from Oklahoma. We would love for you to make a tour stop here on one of your next release tours. Absolutely. <laughs> we show well, up. Know, I've been to Tulsa a few times. They've got a great library system there. At least they, they did when I was there. Yeah, um, so I, I love, I, I try to go to libraries and have a local bookstore sell their books, you know, just to bring people into the libraries because they're such awesome places. Um, so I'd love to be back there. Yeah. Oklahoma will definitely show up for you for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah. Especially Oklahoma women, because we don't give two shits what anybody else thinks. No. <laughs> True. I got a group of us don't give two shits. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So what what can you tell us without spoilering? Because we have not gotten our copies of Girl Forgotten yet. I keep seeing people get them on the internet and I'm so jealous right now, but we have not gotten ours yet. Sorry, <laughs> I'll let you die. I'll... Get on some water. <laughs> I like how you're just laughing there. Um, <laughs> Girl Forgotten, you can get anywhere books are sold. You can get it at your library. People always say, oh, I'm sorry, I got it at the library. But librarians don't steal books. They buy them, at least most of them. Um, so, you know, you can download it, anything, any place you get them. So, and I really hope people enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to write. It was really cool following Marshalls and see what they do. So is that part of your process is to sort of get people that are in the field to, I don't know, fact check you or contribute some information about what their process is? Well, you know, it's not fact checking because I never let them read it because it's like, you know, I'm writing fiction and, you you know, you probably know as a professional like doctor or whatever, whoever I talk to, the proper way to do things. Right. But mm-hmm. it is so boring <laughs> to go through each step. And I, I run into a lot of this when I have Sarah doing medical things. You know, anybody in the medical field would say you kind of skip some steps there, but you have to because it's not a textbook. It's like trying to get the action going, trying to get that on authenticity. And, you know, marshals are great. And I got into I I talked to a couple of marshals and they had me talk to some other marshals. And pretty soon I'm in uh, Atlanta at the southeastern headquarters for the marshal service, talking to all those guys and. I got to meet, you know, there aren't a lot of female marshals, but I, I talked to one because I really wanted to know what it's like. And my number one question when I 
talk to women who are in law enforcement is why the hell are you doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, not that women can't do extremely difficult and horrible jobs. I mean, they do them every day, particularly raising children. <laughs> um, but it's like men don't, for the most part, men don't want you to do this. It screws up your dating life. Cause it's like, if you're a female police officer, there's a lot of men out there who will not date you because they're, they don't want to date a woman who can arrest them. Right. And they don't want to be fucking emasculated by some idea that their girlfriend is tougher than them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. which is hilarious because if that's all it takes to emasculate you, I don't think you're very masculine to begin with. Um, So, you know, it's very difficult. And, you know, a lot of times they end up marrying other law enforcement in the marshal service, it seems like their marriages work out a lot better than they do in other law enforcement because like, Beat officers I've spoken to are have been married and divorced four or five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but this woman I spoke to, she was pretty amazing. And she was like smaller than me. And she was taking out, you know, six foot three guys in the Marshall program because they do hand to hand combat. They fight for real. Like there's an ambulance standing by because if they're ha- chasing a fugitive, he's not going to pull a punch because it's a woman. No. So they really have to figure out, you know, how to fight in a way, you know, it, being small is good because you're faster. You know, a guy who's got a lot of muscle and a lot of weight on him moves slowly. You can also run faster in a lot of ways. Right. And your endurance is better and all these things. So I was like, why are you doing that? And she just loved it. You know, she wanted she came from a family who was in service. She wanted to keep serving the marshals. You know, they do heavy recruitment. Not many people know all the cool things they do. Uh, and so that's that's what drew her to it. And I thought I could see Andrea being drawn to it. And also, you know, Andrea's mother was in witness security. Yeah. And Andrea was not even knowing. So, you know, she thinks I want to know more about this thing I've been in that for almost 30 years that I had no idea about. Yeah. That's amazing. I am so pumped to read it. I'm getting it in three Mm -hmm. forms. A signed copy from your favorite bookstore in Decatur, Georgia. Excellent. A regular basic bitch copy from our local bookstore here in Oklahoma City. And of course, the Kindle version. So I can have it three seconds after it drops. Right. Excellent. So we're super excited to read it. Can you, um, you mentioned a little bit about your love of libraries and everything like that. Can you tell us about your foundation that uh, is helping to save the libraries? Yeah, it is. It's actually called Save the Libraries because I'm creative that way. (laughs) Um, It started in 08. We've given away about half a million bucks so far. Um, and we do private fundraising. Um, we don't ask people to donate unless we do an event at a library and we just give them the money and we say, you fix the toilet or paint or whatever you need to do. A lot of times they use them to do children's reading circles and things like that. Um, and it's just my way of paying it forward. Cause when I was a kid, the library was a sanctuary for me mm-hmm. and I, I would be dropped off there every Saturday and I'd spend the whole day sitting on the floor reading any book I could get my hands on. And librarians were great. You know, they, they would kind of say, well, okay, I see you're enjoying VC Andrews a lot. 
so maybe you m- might want to try a little bit of, oh, Hi- Patricia Highsmith or, you know, they, they gave me some of the best referrals that really helped shape me as a writer, but also as a reader. I think, you know, if you read across the board when you're a kid, you're not snooty about books when you get it to be an adult. And you can read science fiction or dystopia or thrillers or romance or anything. Um, And that was a real gift for me. So I felt like it was important when I had my success to give back to that. That's awesome. Do you have a list of favorite books that people would like to ban? Um, You know, part of me when I see those lists, I'm like, damn, I write about abortion and rape and pedophilia and murder. Why haven't I been banned? You know, why? why are they, yeah, uh, I guess I've been slipping under the radar. Um, you know, it, it's it's terrifying to think about banning books. Um, and I will say that, like, look at history, my dude, because the people who ban books are never the heroes. And, and it's also really dangerous. I mean, because, well, at a very basic level, schools have to go to through accreditation to be actual schools. So if you're taking stuff away from the canon, these kids are not going to be qualified to go to college. They're not going to even be able to uh, submit themselves for college. And you're going to lose your AP history and your AP English and all your AP classes. Cause there's a reason why these books are taught. And one of the reasons is not, because they're fun or they're interesting it's because it fosters critical thinking mm-hmm. and we need more critical thinking not less so i i just i get really nervous about that and i i i also think you know when when i was a kid my dad said to me you can read any book you want but you have to promise me if you don't understand something or you don't you aren't sure about something that you'll ask me about it yeah. and that's what i did and you know, that's great. And if you don't want to be that kind of parent, then don't take your kid to the library. Pick the books for them. I mean, you shouldn't try to parent other people's children. It's not your job. Yes. My queen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we say that all of the time. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Do you have anything else that you would like to tell us about? your new book, obviously, um, when this interview airs, we will be sending it out on August 23rd. So it'll be the day that the book drops everywhere, except for those lucky motherfuckers that got it early somehow. And, uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to tell us about any new, uh, work that you're doing or any, you know, I love your crossovers with other writers. So are, do you have anything coming out that you'll be uh, doing collabs with any other writers soon? I don't know. You know, I only, I've only collaborated with two people and that's Lee Child and Michael Carita. And Michael and I would both be the first to say we were forced into that because we both agreed to do a short story collection for international thriller writers, which I would encourage your uh, listeners to go check out. It's a great resource for people who want to get published. Um, But the thing with Lee was more like we had been trying to do it for years and we were looking for the right story. And sometimes he would think of something and I would think of something. But then I went to Fort Knox and I was like, oh, oh, I think I've got something. And we both just had the time to do it and it worked out. So that was pretty rare and it was fun. 
Um, but it would have to be the right person to do it with. Um, and you asked a lot of questions there. I, I'm trying to Sorry. Hurry. <laughs> My next book is a Will and Sarah. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you anything about it other than it's a Will and Sarah and it's a lot of fun and it might, you might have to walk it off for a while. I'm sorry. Um, pretty intense, uh, because, you know, girl forgotten, I think is a lot of action and a lot of fun, but, but it's not like one of those where you're going to have nightmares. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Depends on how you feel about, um, organic farming. Uh, so <laughs> what I would say to my Okies is I really, I hope you enjoy the book. It, it was a lot of fun to write. I think it's a really fun, interesting read. And I, I like the, the character of Andrea and there's a great, um, there's a great guy in there who's sort of like my riff on Flannery O'Connor. His name is called uh, catfish Bible. So I hope people enjoy reading it. Nice. I, we're super excited to read it. And again, we thank you so, so much for doing a fun Zoom call with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though we were not dressed appropriately. Sorry. Um, Neither am I. I'm, I literally have panda bears on my shirt. So love it. This is not my, well, actually, this is my kind of professional attire. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I can do what I want. What are they going to say? Yeah. There's yeah. no uniform. What are they no. going to do? Fire you? Yeah, this is what authors wear. Yeah. You are so lucky and we are so thankful for everything. Very thankful. <laughs> you you are our first interview of authors and we're beyond grateful that you are letting us, um, you know, giving us some time and talking books with us. And we just really appreciate it. We've just, this, this 30 minutes went by way too fast. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you. And I wish you all great luck reaching out to all those fabulous readers in Oklahoma and beyond. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks so much, Karen. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. We just interviewed Karen Slaughter. Oh my God. It was awesome. Oh my God. It was way more awesome than I thought it could ever be. Shanna killed it, you guys. Like Shanna, the the questions just flowed one into the other. We had all these questions prepared and she just flowed with it. And Karen was answering and she was laughing at us and hopefully at the jokes and not us as people. And it's fine if she did. It's fine. Whatever. Um, But, oh. I'm obsessed. I can't wait to get the new book. Oh, I know. I'm obsessed. I know. It was it was awesome. You guys, we're going to put some of the um, video on the Instas just so you can see it. And <laughs> since we didn't know it was audio, I mean, it was a Zoom with camera. Shan is in an office chair. I am in a little comfy chair next to her. I look like I'm five sitting next to a teacher on a Zoom call. I look like a giant. <laughs> It was, we, in hindsight, we probably should have, you know, leveled shit out, got in the, ca anyways, it's fine. she probably won't remember us 10 minutes from no. after. She's got 30 million episodes, 30, 30 minute interview. Wow. I whatever. know. My brain is fried. Shanna's, Shanna's, uh, that was the coolest thing ever. Oh cool. my God. 
Hope you guys enjoyed it. And please go out and get Girl Forgotten. And if you haven't read the rest of the Karen Slaughter books. Please do. If you need recommendations, I'm happy to give them. Mm -hmm. But I believe in starting at the beginning and working your way through the years. She's literally released a book every year since like, what? 2002. 2001, 2002. Something like that. She's been re- she's released over 20 books. It's crazy. So go read them all. Shana has. I have. If you need recommendations, let me know. Yeah. Oh, my God. That just totally <laughs> happened. It happened. <gasps> we did it. Woo. 